Blog Talk Radio. but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, author of Chicken Fact or Chicken Poop coming out this December, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at KalmbachFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, Feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two eight pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must have chicken processing product, visit YardbirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardbirdChickenPluckers.com. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source, and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy-efficient, 
long-lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three-year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFRadio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky... You'll know it's Super Chicken. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Beats. Got a great show lined up for you today. We have our good friend, Dr. McCray, and uh, she's going to be teaching us all about proper coop cleaning proper coop cleaning. So based on that, before we bring her on live, I want to talk uh, about a particular product um, that I've been using for probably close to a decade. Um, back when I was using it, it was basically the sweet PDZ horse stall refresher, um, and it works amazing. Uh, it's, in fact, we'll probably talk about incorporating this uh, um, into the uh, bedding during uh, coop cleaning today, but it's the sweet PDZ coop refresher, and um, wow, it just, I wouldn't tell you, you know, look, look at the list of my sponsors, they're, 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 they're not, we don't take every single sponsor, we've turned down many sponsors because their product is just not needed or are uh, worthless or just doesn't pass our, our stamp of approval. I've personally been using this for, for about a decade, and it works fabulous. So sweet PDZ has been keeping horse stalls ammonia-free and healthy for nearly 33 years. However, ammonia is ammonia regardless of the species producing it. Therefore, it will do the same great job in your chicken coops and 
houses. Safeguards flock health by neutralizing and eliminating harmful levels of ammonia and odors. Safe and effective moisture absorption. All-natural, non-toxic, premium-grade zeolite mineral. Contains no masking scents or chemical perfumes. And this is a cool part because this is what we did with it. Safe and beneficial to dispose of in compost bins and gardens. You know, because it's an all-natural product. So we put it in our compost bin um, along with uh, uh, the bedding and whatnot that, that we were using in our uh, our coop. But it's absolutely awesome. You can go to SweetPDZ.com and learn all about it. Uh, but I am a user. I don't just say, hey, you know, they advertise here. We, I've not been using it for 10 years long before they uh, did any kind of sponsorships with us. And so um, go check them out. It's awesome. And it kind of works in today with uh, our radio show uh, all about proper coop cleaning, which is a, uh, a very important step to your goal of keeping a healthy flock of chickens. Now, before we go that far, i got a funny story to tell with you, and then we'll bring Dr. McCray on. So Jen is downtown. She went to a homeschool conference today, all day today, and I think it's all day tomorrow. Uh, she may not go tomorrow, depending on how much she gets through today and who's speaking tomorrow. But nonetheless, um, I'm here holding down the fort with Caleb and Lily, my four- and six-year-old. So I had about two and a half pounds of ground beef to use today. I needed to use it today, uh, pull it down from the freezer. It's been in the fridge. It's thawed out. We're ready to roll with it. i got to use it. I hate throwing away or wasting uh, food. It's just not going to happen. So I needed to use it today. Uh, so not a big deal, right? No problem. Uh, had about two and a half, about half of it went into the Instant Pot this morning uh, for some spaghetti. So, so we had spaghetti for lunch today. That, that was a no-brainer, very easy. Um, but for about an hour, I sat and looked at this other half uh, of the package of ground beef going, what do I want to do with this? And I, I couldn't make up my mind. I didn't know if I wanted to do meatballs and freeze them or hamburgers. Or, I, I didn't know. But I said, you know what? We haven't had in a very long time because the kids don't eat it. I said, maybe I'll make a meatloaf. Bam, that's what we're doing. So I put the rest of this ground beef in a bowl, and I add an egg, and I add a little ketchup, and a little salt, and a little pepper, and, and I get it all mixed up. And, you know, it's just obviously it, it needs a binder, I guess you call it. So what do we typically use over the years? Rich crackers. So I go over to the cupboard, open the cupboard, reach in literally to where they normally are, and they're none. Not a single Ritz cracker to be found. No saltine crackers, no nothing. I'm not going to toast bread and make croutons or make breadcrumbs. I don't have time for that. So I'm looking around going, ah. so it's just not going to stay together. I don't have even a low pan to put it in, so I just had to mold it and put it in a, on basically a sheet pan. Hopefully it will stay together. Um, and I'm looking around going, what what can I use? What what you know, I'm looking through all the cupboards. And I open it up, and I look, I look over there, and there's a container. Ready for this? Ready? Cheddar goldfish crackers? Why not? Right? Okay, so, so I get these, and I'm starting to crush them in my hands with all these little pieces and putting them down in the meatloaf, and I'm starting to mix these gold, smushed gold, uh, cheddar goldfish crackers <laughs> into the meatloaf. You know, I'm not letting it go to waste. And, um, and then while I'm doing that, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, these are cheddar goldfish crackers. Uh, I wonder how much just adding these crackers to the meatloaf, how much cheddar flavor it might have. And then I'm thinking cheddar flavor, cheddar goldfish crackers. And I'm thinking cheddar cheeseburger, cheeseburger meatloaf. Wait, I've got shredded cheddar in the fridge. <laughs> 
So after I smash up and, and, and mix in all these cheddar goldfish crackers, I get about, I don't know, a quarter cup of um, shredded cheddar cheese and pour it in the bowl, and I'm mixing all the cheddar cheese up. So now we're going to have a, a um, um, meatloaf, cheeseburger meatloaf, I think we're going to cheeseburger slash cheddar goldfish cracker meatloaf. So it's in the oven, and uh, I think it's due to come out in about, I don't know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes. So I'll let you know how it turns out on air, but uh, it's going to be very interesting Um uh, you know, and then of course I put it on Facebook, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, that sounds awesome!" Or this is how I make my meatloaf, and this is how my mom made hers. And it was a great conversation starter. But I was like, "Okay, call me either crazy or creative, one of the two. But we're going to see how this turns out. Uh, cheeseburger meatloaf with the uh, instead of I'll let you know. It, it um, I say I don't waste food. Hopefully, it won't end up in the garbage. Right? It's just like cheeseburger. You know, slice it up, put it on a, a bun. You know, uh, uh, meatloaf sandwiches, right? You know. So anyway. That's that's my uh, debacle or for today, if you want to call it that, or uh, my creative invention or my little touch of craziness to preparing food that I needed to prepare today. So uh, how cool is that? Um, any other kind of uh, announcements, chicken-related stuff? Um, hopefully you've read the summer issue of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. If you haven't already, head over to the website, chickenwhisperermagazine.com, and there's a great contest going on right now in the magazine. You can w- win you can actually win a year's supply of the Sweet PDZ uh, Coop Refresher. Uh, just enter that. It's very simple to enter. And, uh, and you get chock full of information uh, for summertime issues with your flock. And so we got that going on. Um, let's see what else is going on. I think that the, uh, the show poultry is starting to get a little lively here towards the fall. And they're going to be uh, – you're going to start seeing poultry shows around all over the country – and uh, all kinds of cool things. So um, let's go to the phone lines right now, and we're going to bring on my good friend, uh, Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D., and she's going to talk today um, about cleaning and the importance of that, <laughs> you know, little tricks of the trade and what maybe to use and, 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 and you know, um, the different things that you can buy. Like uh, there's uh, – and I'll give you an example. A lot of people like to use Oxine, and I know uh, Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, is all, all about that and uh, good stuff, and I think it kills – let's just call it what – everything uh, practically uh, in that coop. And uh, But you know what? The USDA, when we're doing our webinar twice a year – they even talk about using um, a uh, vinegar, a vinegar mixture, um, and a spray bottle to to clean your coop with and to disinfect. And sunlight, sunlight, and and a vinegar spray. Uh, being, yeah. you know, maybe your poultry, maybe your poultry cages, spray them with some vinegar, and then and have them sit out in the sun. Uh, awesomeness right there. So. Um, so, so it doesn't all have people may be listening going all these chemicals no 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 but there's there's ways around that that may they may work as well like the vinegar and the and the sunlight so uh, but I'm going to turn it over to you welcome Dr McRae thanks for coming on today and um, hope you're doing well I'm doing great thanks for asking um, I like your your fish loaf idea um, <laughs> you you might want to leave a few whole ones in there. What my mom used to do that was always a lot of fun is she would take one olive, green olive, and stick it somewhere in the loaf. I know it's too late to do that, but you could have taken, like, one whole goldfish and put it in the the loaf. And whoever got that olive, 
they got their, you know, they got a bowl of ice cream for dessert. Um, so, you know, you might, you might think about something like that in the, in the future. Uh, But I like the, I like the solution. (laughs) Yeah. Adapt and overcome. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just the other night I was looking, I was, I thought I had breadcrumbs, but I didn't. And so I just took some, some croutons and smashed them up. And I said, here we go. This is either going to be tragic or delicious. And it was delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. A lot of um, croutons, they already have all the, the seasoning in there too. So yeah, a lot of croutons have that seasoning already added. in there. So that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I didn't, yeah, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Um, one of the things that, yeah, you're right. You had mentioned um, it's, it's getting to be show season. If, if people have their county fairs, they're more likely to see their, you know, the chickens there, and they may not be the best chickens represented in your county because a lot of chickens are molting right now. They've dropped their tail feathers or they're in full-blown molds. But um, pretty soon, going into the fall, a lot of these chickens are going to be looking absolutely stunningly fabulous. And um, so, oh, and also, um, if you're looking for chickens. Check with your local county fair. See if there's a breed that you like that you you didn't know what it really looked like in person. Go to a a, a local chicken show or or a chick chain, and you can find chickens available, perhaps. Um, But one other thing I was going to tell you about, you know, with all the Facebook Live that's going on, right, Andy? Um, A lot of people are running short little videos on Facebook Live. Right, Um, right. One of the neat things that that my friend... Yeah, one of my one of my friends is, has been doing something really kind of neat on hers. Um, she's the artist that I was telling you about years ago, um, Catherine Plummer. She does uh, yeah. the oh, newest yeah. drawings in awesome the uh, APA standard. Yeah. Um, right now she's working on a pair of African geese, and a while back she actually videoed like 45-minute sped up. <laughs> And and how long it actually takes to put all the layers of color just simply on a goose's dewlap. <laughs> it was kind of cool to watch her to do that work, you know, working from from dark to light, and it was it was neat. So if you've ever been interested in, in knowing how some artists draw chickens or poultry in general, from time to time wander over to her Facebook page, and you'll see that she's got these little recordings on there, and. It's Catherine with a K and plumber as in P-L-U-M-E-R, not not a plumber as in fixing pipes and stuff. Catherine Plumber Fine Art. And I think you'll find some of her um, her chicken antics are really quite amusing, too. Uh, so I just thought that might be kind of fun for people who've never seen how poultry art is created. I'm at her page now, and I was so, going to that while you and I was. I'm glad you shared that because I'm looking at her work right now, and um, I'm, I've been familiar her with her work page. for years. Yep, I'm right there, and it's uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, she's done time lapse videos with her engraving too, um, but whenever she's working on poultry, I just like to just see how it works because. You know, I've taken a few art classes, but I will never be as good as Catherine. <laughs> She's really good at what she does. Very good. So, Andy, 
cleaning time. It's hot outside. I don't know why we're talking about cleaning now. It's too hot to clean. It's disgustingly <laughs> warm outside. Why are we doing this now? We should be talking about it in the spring, but we missed it. Spring and, spring and oh. fall, yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you're going to clean now, uh, don't pass out. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> Work... Work early in the morning or late in the evening when it's not so hot. Um, okay, so, of course, we've we've broken it down in the past, but let's go through it again. Uh, if we are talking about cleaning the chicken coop, um, first things first, get the birds into their temporary housing situation because this can be a three-day process. Watch mm-hmm. the weather. Make sure that you're not going to be interrupted by a rainstorm, which down here in Alabama and Georgia could pop up at any time. Um, But you're going to have a couple days to go at it. Uh, It helps to have a helping hand, but if your coop's super small and you're going to run into each other, you're just going to get grumpy. So watch your temper. (laughs) First things first, get those birds into their, their temporary housing and then just pull everything out. Start with the equipment. Um, you know, if you've just put feed in there, put that into a temporary home. But get all the equipment out of there. Feeders, waters, nest boxes, perches, um, any chains you have for hanging waters or hanging feeders, any reservoir tanks for waters, get it out. Um, and... And this is where your helper comes in. Put that all over by a a hose, a spigot and hose, and they can be over there scrubbing things out while you do the next step, which is um, getting the shavings out. But your helper is going to want to use warm, soapy water on every nook and every cranny. So take it apart and get in there and scrub with warm, soapy water Rinse it off, and honestly, if you've got good weather and you're not going to get a rainstorm, air dry, sunshine. If you if you are in like in a barn or something like that, and air dry just isn't really a solution, or you don't have good ventilation, um, or it's raining, you can use a a disinfectant on the equipment. Um, you can use a bleach solution. Know that that's going to be a little harsh on your metals, but perfect for plastic. Um, quarter cup of bleach into a gallon of water. That'll do it. Um, and you just do like 10 minutes contact time. Uh, and, you know, fully immerse the items. And then when you're done, rinse it off. And then let them air dry. And once they are completely dry, you can put them back together and just set them aside until you're all done with the rest of the work that you have to do inside that chicken coop. So I've mentioned this time and again, Andy, that you want to have the wooden surfaces in your coop sealed so that when you have to do a big clean out like this, which it's usually annually, but anytime you have a disease, um, when your chickens get sick, you're going to have to do this. And it's, you know, make yourself a little plan, you know, a, a strategy for attack. Some of this can be done on Friday. The rest can be done on Saturday. 
And then on Sunday, you can put everything back together, but it is kind of a three-day process to pull everything apart and work on it. But seal those wooden surfaces so that if you have time-saving measures you can use, like a power washer or pressure washer, um, those surfaces are sealed and and it, everything comes off so much more easily. Now, if you don't have sealed surfaces, get in the nooks and crannies with a scrubber brush. Um, so if you've got wooden nest boxes that you've pulled out of there um, and they're screwed together, guess what? You're going to be shocked probably when you back those screws out and you start to see red mites scurrying out of those cracks and joints. That's if your your surfaces aren't painted and sealed. You're going to be shocked that they're there. And they're, they're insidious little creatures. Um, so go ahead and if you haven't um, sealed those things, your helper, once they're done with the equipment that's easy to clean plastic and metal, they can paint those other surfaces and um, and get them sealed for you. So while you're taking wheelbarrow load after wheelbarrow load of shavings out of the coop, go distribute those evenly across a section of your yard to let them dry out. And they're going to, you know, if you spread a thin layer, they're going to dry very quickly and any bacteria or viruses or fungi that was in there will uh, very quickly be killed by the UV rays from the sun and the drying effect of the wind um, at your disposal. Those are all free options. Or if you're composting, you can send those right over to the compost pile. And when your helper is done <laughs> uh, washing the equipment and then painting the wooden things that have to go back in later, you can ask them to turn the compost. So your helper might be your family member, um, but this is a good activity for kids. This is something that keeps them busy and keeps them engaged. But again, don't don't ask them to do this in the super hot part of the day. And, and any sort of painting can be done, like say, in the mud room or in the garage at the house where there's a little shade if, you're, if you don't have shade right around your coop. You can cut them a, a break that way. Um, so after you've got the shavings out and you've either put them in the compost pile or spread them out real thin on, on your property, um, you can uh, take a old broom or a, a duster of some sort and get all the cobwebs down. That's a great activity for kids, too. Um, and get the dust off the tops of beams, that's actually where you're probably going to come in because kids aren't going to notice that kind of stuff, but you can come in after them. And um, Say you're feeling brave and your husband is with you or your significant other is with you and you're, you know, they're tired of, of helping you. You're like, go get the leaf blower. And you let them just attack the inside of the coop with the leaf blower to get all the dust out of this place and that place. Open up all the windows, all the doors, and give them a dust mask and say, there you go, dear. Get all that stuff out of there. But you want to get rid of all the dust because the next part, um, you don't want uh, a whole lot of dust left behind. So I've got a question. if you're doing all this, yeah. Got a question. 
Okay, because this has come up before on, in forums, forums on, on Facebook and others, about using the blower uh, in the coops regarding biosecurity and the dust moving maybe, if, especially if you have neighbors that have a flock or a coop nearby. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a little, a little bit of an issue, yeah. If your neighbors have chickens, that's probably not a neighborly thing to do. But if you are <laughs> sufficiently far away from, from your neighbors, and it's, you know, then it's not really going to be an issue. Um, just wear hearing yep. protection because okay, cool. you're in a small, enclosed place and, and safety glasses so that, you know, some piece of cobweb doesn't get all gummed up in your eye. And then you've got a hospital visit because you've got the world's greatest eye infection. And you need super duty <laughs> antibiotics. Yep. So yeah, let's let's not try coop cleaning into. Hey, we had to go to the ER because we were cleaning the coop. Okay. So <laughs> moving on to um, after you've got all the the dust out and the cobwebs down, um, let the dust settle. Go in, have lunch, um, come back later on in the evening, and that dust will have settled, and you can sweep it out um, hopefully you've gotten it off all the beams and whatnot and you know you can sweep it out and that's a good time to come in with warm soapy water and if, if you've got a pressure washer hey great use it warm soapy water and you know I don't care what kind of soap you use there are special soaps out there that commercial poultry producers use but I know that not everybody has um, access to that so just warm soapy water, you know, dish detergent that you would use, uh, would you know, whatever scent you like or whatever color you like, you can spray in there. Use a, um, a, a, if you've got a backpack sprayer, use it. If you've got a power washer, use it. If you don't have any of those, just take your dedicated um, chicken labeled, <clears throat> garden sprayer that holds maybe five gallons or so, um, maybe three gallons or so, and spray those walls. And your helper, after you've sprayed the wall, your helper can start. Um, hopefully, these are painted surfaces inside. Your your helper can take a stiff bristled brush and start scrubbing the walls, focusing on any nooks and crannies that there are at, at maybe the joists or where you've got um, the studs meeting the outer walls or something like that. Um, if you've got, uh, if you have uh, a little bit of insulation, you know, avoid those areas, but cover them up if you can as soon as possible. You don't want your chickens eating insulation. And um, just cover those surfaces. Your helper can, you know, you know, once you get walled, one wall sprayed, you and your helper with uh, some handheld brushes. Long-handled brushes are great, but have a variety of brushes so that when you get, you know, up high, you're not going to kill your back. And then when you get down to the floor, something, you know, that that works for you and, and how how strong your back is and, and how able you are to, to scrub away. So, you know, start with the... With the ceiling, if you can, the um, the roof, and then just work your way down, and realize that you might want to wear some galoshes or something because you are dealing probably with some pooling water in the bottom of the coop. 
Uh, I know some people will put linoleum down to help with that. Other people just have painted floors. And once you are all done with the walls and the inside of the door, um, you are going to want to um, squeegee that water out of there and let it dry overnight. Get that that water on that floor out of there as best as you can because the next step is also a wet one and you do want that that floor to dry as much as possible okay so leave everything open overnight um in the meantime as you're letting everything dry on the inside you can go around with the outside of of the coop and fix any holes that you might have seen um repair any um uh, gaps that or you know seal any gaps that you might have spotted um just because of the fluctuations of the season, sometimes, you know, you get a little draft in there or something and you can seal that right up. And again, if your coop is one of those really small ones and you can actually take it apart to do all these steps, do it. You will be shocked if it's not sealed or it's not tight on those corners. You're going to see red mites just scurry out and go, I have nowhere to go. Just crush them. Crush them with a gloved hand and um, just know that that's something that you may need to start checking your birds for uh, on a much more regular basis. A lot of people don't realize how many red mites are actually in the coop environment. And, you know, they they lose their chickens after five years or so and you know, those poor chickens have been stressed the entire time getting fed on, on a fairly regular basis by red mites. So um, there you go. What, if you've taken your coop apart, you know, and that drying step will certainly go a lot faster. Um, and, again, just watch your weather and make sure they, it all dries in a, in a covered area. Then the next day. The next day is your disinfectant day. And that's a really quick one, honest to God. It's a quick treatment um, because you've already got everything out of there, taken apart, perches are out, all that good stuff. Um, If the perches are out, uh, paint them if you can. And then um, clean them and paint them. Then your disinfectant, whatever you've chosen to use, needs to be effective against avian influenza virus so this is probably going to be the same stuff you use in your foot bath and if you're not using a foot bath where you been folks it's super easy so i like pectoral oxine's a good choice um i know that there's stuff out there like cheap coop cleaner and chicken coop cleaner these claim to be natural However, when you put the screws to them and you ask them, are you effective against avian influenza virus, you're going to probably get the response of, we don't know. We've never checked. So, you know, that might be good for some things, but if it doesn't work against avian influenza virus, um, move on. (laughs) I, I I understand people like these things. They smell nice. Some of them say that there's natural enzymes and non-toxic or maybe they're very green. Um, 
However, I'd like to see the science on that. Isn't that what I always say, Andy? You you can sometimes find it in spray bottles. You can find it in gallon-sized containers. Of course, you're going to have more of a savings if you buy the gallon-sized container. Andy, what what was it you said? I said absolutely. In fact, I was thinking that same thing when you mentioned that. (laughs) See, there's there's Nolvasan, Tektrol, um, Oxine, One Stroke, and Viron. These are all, all types of disinfectants that you can get from your local feed store. If they don't have it, they can order it. So, so you might have to plan ahead a couple of weeks. Um, I like Tectrol, too, because when feed stores go to order it, it doesn't require like a hazardous substances um, uh, certificate, so the shipping is faster, better. Um, so just something to consider. Um, they're going to pass that cost on to you, so um, you know, get a gallon of it. Uh, unless you've got a need for, like, say, Tectrol in a spray can, uh, they have aerosol cans. That's great if you've got, say, an um, incubator or something like that uh, where you can't really get back in all the little nooks and crannies. But mm-hmm. get that disinfectant on there. Mix it up according to the label directions. And using your other dedicated garden sprayer or pump sprayer, um, where you label chicken disinfectant, <laughs> you will mix up uh, the 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 concentrated uh, in the ga- concentrate in the gallon size container and um, mix it with water, making sure that you mix according to the instructions. Making it twice as strong is not going to help you. Probably going to hurt you and your equipment. And we we know people who are like, oh, I don't want it to. I don't want to have to wait ten minutes or thirty minutes or an hour. I only have five minutes. Make it twice as strong. Bad <laughs> idea. Have I mentioned it's a bad idea? Because it's a bad idea. That's not designed <laughs> to work that way. So if it says wear breathing protection, then just get one of those little masks and put it over your nose and mouth and wear eye protection and. Uh, if it says leave it on for 10 minutes, then set a timer, leave it on for 10 minutes, and then get ready to rinse it off using um, either a, a separate sprayer that you have ready to go or, you know, if you've got a hose or something that you've got a spray nozzle on, you can go with that. And then again, starting at the top, you're going to work your way down the sides, and then when you go to rinse, do the same thing. Start at the top and work your way down the sides. And, of course, that's that's key for, like, the eye protection because you don't want to get any of this stuff in your eyes. And just go ahead and rinse it and squeegee out the bottom of the coop again, um, making sure as much as possible that you really get it cleaned out. And same thing if you've taken your coop apart. um, Get those um, after you've applied, spray it, and then let it dry and come back the next day. So if we're doing this over the weekend, we started by taking everything out um, on Friday evening, and then your Saturday, you know, you could probably get this done in the morning and just let the rest of the day let it dry. 
And if you have had great success in having everything dry, um, maybe Sunday morning if you wanted to paint the inside, you could before putting everything back in. Um, I very quickly, you might be able to, to paint Saturday evening. Uh, but make sure everything's dry before you apply a coat of paint. Then the next day, you're going to, you know, after checking and making sure everything's dry, you're going to start putting your shavings back in and then put your perches back in, your nest box back in. Um, if you have any other pieces of equipment that you need to rehang or, or reapply, uh, you know, put it back in there. This is going to probably where your helper helps you again. And uh, fresh shavings always smell so much nicer. Uh, then, you know, once everything's back in there, you can put your chickens back in and just go pour yourself a, a glass of wine and watch them go to town. They will be so thrilled and so happy with new shavings, and they're going to look around and say, we were in purgatory for a while. Why did you do that there was? And you'll explain it to them, and they won't get it. But you'll explain it to them, and, and, but they'll be so thrilled with their new surroundings. It'll be wonderful. And the next weekend, if you've got deep litter out in the run, you might tackle that uh, for a full clean-out if that's needed. Um, but, you know, getting... If you've got gutters on there, one of the last things you can do is just clean the gutters out. And um, if you've got rainwater catchment system, you might be working on that while the rest of it's taken apart um, for cleaning. But uh, just you know, a lot of people forget that you know chicken coop, chicken coops have uh, have roofs too, and if they're looking to catch water. Um, that's that's uh, another easy source of water, but you got to clean that and maintain that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's the the simple end of it. Um, a lot of people at this point, if they're going to throw herbs in there, this is when they'll do it. Um, you know, it's it's pretty easy if you've done it. You know, at least once. The first time you do this, give yourself plenty of time to get it done. And if you've got a helper, great. But uh, if this, you know, if you've done it before, this, this, you're going to find little shortcuts that make it go faster and make your life easier. But don't get heat stroke trying to do this in the first place. Have I missed anything, Andy? Um, I don't think so. But um, I, I just thought about. I'm going to go to commercial break when we come back. Not to put you on the spot. But um, and not in detail because we probably could do a half a show on it. So, um, if you'll explain to some of the newer listeners or new chicken keepers this year that when they're surfing the web and they see um, things on blogs and forums like, well, if you use the deep litter method, you never have to clean your coop. You never. Okay, have we'll to we'll we'll talk about that after the the commercials. Then, how about that? <laughs> That sounds awesome because I've actually truly had seen that before. If you use deep litter method, you never have to clean your coop. So um, we will definitely do that. So, uh, folks, stay with us. Hopefully you're taking notes, uh, talking today with Dr. McRae all about proper coop cleaning. And um, one thing I don't believe she mentioned, but I know she has it in the book, 
and I know she's mentioned it before, and I know there's an article in the magazine from Dr. McCray where she talks about it. Just something to think about because it is related. When you're picking out that coop, building that coop, buying that coop, whatever, and you're looking at it, one of the first things, of course, how predator-proof is it? And then maybe number two, how easy is it going to be to clean? Because I tell people in every single um, workshop that I do, um, if, if it's not easy to clean, you're not going to clean it, or at least not clean it as often as you should, and that's not fair to your birds. Scenario, you wake up, or Friday night, you're like, okay, tomorrow's coop cleaning day, yeah, and then you wake up, and it may be hot. It may be raining. Yeah, oh, I want to go to the ball game. Your friend calls in the morning. Hey, man, I got two tickets to go see ACDC, man. Come on, we got to go. Okay, you don't clean the coop. And the next weekend, something happens. You don't clean the coop. And why? Oh, I don't want to clean the coop. It's such a pain to do it. I got to crawl in there on my hands and knees, bend over backwards, and try to reach that back nesting box. So if it's not easy to clean, you're not going to clean it as often as you should. And, again, that's not fair to your birds. So, obviously, when you're looking to buy, build, or whatever your coop, um, you look at that. It's one of the first things. How easy is this going to be to clean? So, we're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about that uh, deep litter method because I have truly seen that. Oh, if you use deep litter, you never have to clean your coop. So, we'll talk about that when we come back after the short break. Stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. 
Today, the Strombergs family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. How would you like a punch in the beak? When you find yourself in danger, when you're threatened by a stranger, when it looks like you will take a licking... <laughs> There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for Super Chicken. This looks like a job for Super Chicken. You get the super sauce, I'll don my super suit. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by our good friends over at Kalmbach Feeds. And uh, just to give you an update from our announcement earlier, Took the uh, meatloaf out, and it looks delish. Um, it stayed in form. I don't have a, a I didn't have a, 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 I guess a loaf pan with me to put in. So I just mo- obviously all the uh, uh, goodies in there held it together, and it looks beautiful. I may even snap a picture and put it over on my Facebook page because we were talking about it earlier, and everybody was sending in their recipes. But um, success. Uh, I haven't tasted it yet, though, so we'll see. So, um, yeah, so thanks for joining us. Thanks for staying with us. Hopefully you're taking lots of notes. Dr. McCray teaching us about proper coop cleaning, and, of course, during this whole segment, I was thinking, okay, and all the things that I see out there on the blogs and forums, but um, the deep litter method. I mean, we've heard literally with the deep litter method, I've seen people post, you never have to clean your coop. You just add more bedding over and over and over and over, and just like when you see things like, oh, yeah, fermented food. You just put some food in a bucket and fill it with water, and you're all good. Or, um, yeah. <laughs> or all these other, yeah, <laughs> kidding, no kidding, or all these other things that they seem to simplify. But let's, uh, if you would, for the last uh, couple of minutes, explain the deep uh, litter method for, because okay, we've got some new folks, tis the season, and they may have seen that term but don't exactly know what it's all about. Yeah, just like you, you described, uh, there's different methods, slightly different variations on this theme people can read on the internet and and the internet really is a fun resource um, a great place to shop for stuff but we don't have as much research out there as to whether this is a good idea or not Um, if it shortens the lives of your birds if it lengthens the lives of your birds if it if it really does do beneficial things for the birds in any way, but the concept is you keep adding litter and you never take it out. Usually this is in reference to the run. Some people say they've used it indoors with no problem. One of your biggest challenges is going to be moisture. If you end up with a composting deep litter system, you can get heat. You can get a lot of heat Mm -hmm. to the point Mm -hmm. where your wooden parts of your structure catch on fire. So (laughs) you need to pay attention to the heat that that comes off of composting litter. And some people say to turn your deep litter. Other people say not to. Um, Some people say the chickens turn it for you. Well, if they don't ever turn in this one specific corner and, you know, you get a rare, you know, really bad mold situation, 
you might start smelling some mustiness in there. And your chickens have to live with that. They have to live with whatever mold you have um, allowed to to exist in there. And we all know that the respiratory system of a chicken is completely different from that of a mammal. And so we can't assume that they're going to be just fine because those single-cell thickness air sacs of theirs are also great breeding grounds for viruses and fungi, just like aspergillosis that we hear tell of time and again. So what do you do? I don't care for the deep litter method. I understand it's an easy hands-off method until somebody shows me the research that says that over the long term, like years, that this yields no problems, no, no negative bacteria, and that the birds are in no way detrimentally affected, then I'll sit up and take notice. <laughs> but well, I haven't seen that yet. I'm sorry, folks. Um, so clean out the run separately. If if this is a movable coop um, and the move and the run can move with you, I, I have seen some of those. Um, you know, pick a different spot and and maybe next year after you know about half a year. Where that coop was is probably a great place where you want to put your garden. Um, it's going to be well fertilized. And your your run is much simpler to take care of. You just make sure that um, if they've created dust bathing holes, you might consider filling those back in and building them a, an alternative sand bathing pit. Um, you, can, you can bring in just a, a Rubbermaid bin with a lid and you just take that off twice a week and they'll dust bathe put it back on and they'll they'll be waiting for you to take it off in a in in a few days then just remove any cobwebs any dust getting leaves off the cover on your run and uh, again if you've got some sort of a uh, a gutter system you might want to just hose that out uh, you're you're going to check for holes for rodent from rodents. Um, if anything needs repair, so wild birds can't get in, then you know this is the time to do it. And um, that's it, done. Refill your foot bath, put it in front of your coop, and off you go. You will be done with your chicken coop clean, chicken coop cleaning project. Um, until next year or if the chickens get sick. Here's hoping your chickens don't get sick. Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't want to have any of that going around. Um, no. Yeah, good friend, <laughs> a good friend of mine, and uh, she listens to the show regularly and um, takes impeccable care of her chickens. And you have even um, know this young lady because she's the one that sent you about the beetles and all that. So you know how amazingly... Mm awesome she takes care of her flock well she walked out i believe it was last week and um dealing with some pox so um yeah i think i think well you know the good thing about pox if you have pox it's like the easiest vaccination you i mean you don't have to deal with you know Mm -hmm, finding mm -hmm. the right spot on the bird to get the injection you just stab it through the wing web done and it's so done. preventable do that in the spring and and you will be done 
that's the nice part. And we were we are requiring here in Alabama 4-H that all our chick chain participants vaccinate for foul pox because there was a problem last year before I got here, and they recognized, oh dear, we have we have to do this now. But you know, if you had to look out in any way, pox isn't super easy vaccination. And and Andy, I, I was going to mention this. I, I had forgotten to bring it up on our last show. Um, or maybe I did. I can't remember. Um, Lisa had asked about, she had called in and asked about um, giving uh, medicated chick started as chickens and then also giving a um, a vitamin electrolyte pack. She had done her research and was asking about the antagonistic effect that um, most medicated chick starters have on the thiamine requirement, coccidiosis. And she did a very good job looking things up and thinking things through. And she, she found that the thiamine antagonist that is in most medicated chick starters prevents the coccidiosis from um, sporulating into the next stage. Apparently, coccidiosis requires a lot of thiamine in order to get to the next stage. So she was recommending that people give a, a vitamin and electrolyte pack. And after finally tracking down a coccidiosis expert, um, he said, don't. Wait to give vitamin and electrolyte packs to your chickens after they have finished with their regimen of medicated chick starter because the amount of vitamin and electrolyte could interfere with the effectiveness of the thiamine antagonist uh, in the uh, medicated chick starter. So let me make sure I make that clear. If you're feeding medicated chick starters, in there is a coccidiostat that basically grabs up all the thiamine so that coccidia can't reproduce in the chicken's gut like it normally would. And if you are if you are feeding vitamins and electrolytes that contain vitamin B1 or thiamine, then you are very close to clicking undo <laughs> as to the effectiveness of the medicated chick starter. <laughs> so hold off on that until your uh, until after you're done with the regimen of uh, medicated chick starter. And for most people, that's going to be six to eight weeks. And then you know you can give them a vitamin electrolyte pack after you switch over to your regular grower diet. So something to think That's about. That's great information. Um, great information. So if, if hey, if you if you want say, to buy, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I just got an instant message from the young lady we were talking about who got pox, and we were talking about vaccinating, and she sent me a message saying she, all her flock is vaccinated, but she's got some folks next door that are horrible with biosecurity and she says breeding ground from all, all kinds of diseases or her neighbors. But um, she said, yeah, yeah, her flock was and is and are vaccinated, but still got a, I think it was one bird um, got. So uh, 
I guess it happens. And it is an annual thing. I'm not sure if she did it just once because mm-hmm. vaccinations are not necessarily one and done. Sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on what your situation is and what your veterinarian says, you may need a different regimen than what everybody else uses, um, depending on your circumstances. Cool. Yep. Good deal. She's awesome, though. Love to chat with her, and uh, she does good work. I and, need to pick um, up the phone and call her one of these days. I liked what she had researched. She did mm-hmm. a very good job. Yep, she has a – her flock is, I mean, it's just beautiful. Her birds are awesome. So, um, awesome. Anything else before we say goodbye to everybody? Uh, drink plenty of water while you're out cleaning your coop <laughs> up in the summer. <laughs> Don't get yes, dehydrated. Bring in fall, fall. Yep, I couldn't remember if we uh, had uh, nailed that down this spring or not, and I was like, ah, we got, we need to cover this. So, but yeah, and, and we do ours yeah. like you know, like I said, we did it all twice a year, spring and in the fall. And then, of course, folks, the, folks know there's that spot cleaning. There's the oh, to this weekend, I'm just you know doing the bedding. But that twice a year, uh, once a year or twice a year, really, really good cleaning your you know placing your birds, so just like we talked about somewhere else, three days, three-day process, and disinfecting, scrubbing, yeah, the whole nine yards. So uh, thanks for joining us. Elbow grease. Elbow grease, yep, absolutely. And it looks like I got my (laughs) calendar pulled up. Um, Today was a unique show, but um, it looks like uh, based on your calendar, a week from today is is the 1st of uh, August. We're zooming through, so I'll get with you off air and we'll talk about a cool topic for next week but thank you always for joining us and we'll see you next week glad to do it great take care care. bye-bye sure bye-bye and folks that's going to wrap up another episode of backyard poultry with the chicken whisperer we thank you very much for joining us today and tuning in and you heard it here first we'll be here next week thursday 2 p.m eastern standard time again with dr McCray, Ph.D., talking about how you can keep a healthy flock of chickens in your backyard. God bless everybody. Aww.